0: This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas.
1: My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. I have the all important uh, Johnny Walker. Um, I'm hoping that my guest on the other side, Brian Jerish, also has a Johnny Walker. Do you have something? Well.
0: <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say that I only have a glass of water here, sorry, somewhere, but <laughs> if, if I had known, I would have poured a wee a wee drammy of something.
1: Because you're only one hour, I think, behind me, aren't you?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. So so it is It is alcohol time on your side of the world also.
0: <laughs> oh, it certainly is, yeah. But now <laughs> I know. Next, next time I can come better prepared. But I'm... I'm I'm delighted to say that my friend and colleague, David Scott, who works with me on the UK column, um, usually when he's been able to visit me, he comes down from Scotland and he's brought a bottle of whiskey. So in my cupboard, I have some particularly uh, particularly good whiskeys. Do you go for the whiskey with an EY
1: or just with a Y? Oh, what a good question
0: well i think normally it would be with with just a y (laughs) but you got me thinking now (laughs) i drink it i don't spell it
1: (laughs) have i got your surname correct is it gerish or gerish
0: gerish it's hard and i can tell you having having said to you that i lived in holland for two years in england people usually get my name wrong Mm. But when I lived in Holland for two years, they always got it right. From UK column, we've been going for quite a long time, um, and we've been growing. That's that's a very good thing. But I have to say that it's been the last, really, it's been the last eighteen months that suddenly made a big difference to us. Lockdown has made a huge difference because mm. people have obviously been online searching for answers. They've they've been looking for you know why is this happening what's happening who's talking about it and um so the lockdown time we started to see a steady increase in our viewers the slight irony is that it built up particularly on youtube and then <laughs> youtube didn't like what we were talking about so we're now we're now banned from youtube which is really a badge of honor but it's very clear that there is now a a major attempt to censor anybody who is challenging the view of the of the British government. And uh, yeah, why? Why do you think that is? Um, I think it's very easy because uh, not only with COVID on a a lot of other issues, the political policies are deceptive. We're living a lie. Um, In fact, I would go so far as to say that UK no longer has a democratic government were Mm. actually being run by a cabal and uh, what they do is usually hidden in plain sight and people who show signs of understanding what's happening can explain it can talk about it Uh, we're actually extremely dangerous to them because um, it, it, it only needs a few good people to take the lid off the plans and those plans don't work so, the cabal running the UK at the moment is actually very frightened of anybody. It doesn't have to be a professional person. Yeah. Anybody who shows the ability to see through what they're doing is is seen as a big threat to the government.
1: I titled this conversation "We're all Pavlov's dogs now," uh, which is a a, a, a rip of. Probably the best article, I think, on UK Column.
0: Well, I mean, uh, that, is a, that is a particularly um, good article. Um, what's satisfying for me to see, see that on the UK Column website is that is that in the beginning for me, uh, if I go back to 19, 1993, I left the, the Navy, I was in the Royal Navy and I left the Navy. Within a few years, I was starting to see things happen which I thought were very strange. And in the earliest research that I did, I found myself looking at the fact that essentially our country and the political system was being attacked and undermined. And one of the one of the earliest books that I came, I I don't even remember how I got it, but I got hold of a book called The EU Collective Enemy, The the EU Collective um, Enemy of Its Member States. And this was a book by a man called Christopher Story. It's a very detailed book about politics in Europe. But in the first few pages, there there was a template um, and the template was about the subversion of Western society. And the first part of the plan was um, demoralization. And then the second phase was destabilization. And the third phase was, was complete breakdown. And as I read through that table, I could tick off things that were being described and I found myself saying, yes, that's happening. So my initial start with beginning to research and look at what was happening around me was very much focused on the idea that there was a uh, psychological attack Mm. that had been unleashed at that time I was looking at UK. And that theme has stayed with me, Um, but at one stage we were starting to see other things happening and so you move your research to another area, Um, but now we're back up very much with the fact that it is very clear that the population in UK is being attacked, we are being attacked by our own government, and the government is using malicious applied psychology to destabilise the population. And as I was talking to um, Rainer Fulmec on this, uh, if people say, yeah, but what's the evidence? Well, the simple evidence is is the paperwork from the British government itself, because in in 2010, they produced a paper called Mindspace and Mindspace was documenting the government's ability to use applied behavioral psychology to change the way people think. And in that document, they said at one particular point that they could change the way that people thought and the way people behaved, and the individual would not know it had been done to them, or if they knew it had been done, they wouldn't necessarily know how. And that was in a document produced by the cabinet office, so the heart of the British government, working alongside an applied psychology team. Uh, called the well, it was called the Behavioral Change Unit initially, but it then renamed itself the Behavioral Insights Team. So we were able to see that document and we reported on it back in 2011. Um, but that has been the foundation stone for a lot of other stuff that we've looked at. So it's it's not this is not a theory that the government is using this material. The government's own documents. Not only say they are, but the government has also boasted that they've sold the technology on to America and Australia. They were the first places that it went. But now it's very clear that it was also shared with the French. And as Rainer uh, Rainer Fullmock indicated when we spoke, it's also moved into Germany because he's seeing German government documents also talking about the use of applied psychology.
1: Yuri Bezunov, in 1984, a former KGB operative, actually said when he was in the United States that, um, that there were four stages. Uh, you mentioned threes, but, but I think it's pretty much the same thing. He said uh, de- demoralization, destabilization, and then he said crisis, and then he said yes. normalization, which is essentially the breaking down of everything.
0: Yeah, and that that is correct. You you've corrected me there because those were the four stages in the table. Mm. And in in um in Christopher Story's book, the EU Collective, that book is available as a PDF. If people search mm. for it uh, online as a PDF, you'll find it and you can download it. It's very difficult to get a hard copy. But the table in the front was attributed to a Thomas Schumann. Um, But that was, in fact, a cover name for Bury Besmanov. In those early days, when I read it, I was fresh out of the military. Mm -hmm. So my whole whole military career was in the days of the Cold War and, and Cold War with NATO. So for me, it was logical to take that table at face value. But here we are in 2021. I have a very different opinion because I think it's much too simplistic to say, um, well, actually the attack is being run by the, those nasty Soviets uh, because it's very clear that uh, we've, got a, we've got a government in UK mm. that is unleashing these tactics. And we're seeing the same tactics in America, but I don't believe that this is simply coming straight out of the Soviet Union as a communist plot. I think we've, we've got to look elsewhere for who's driving it.
1: Uh, do you think it's internal?
0: Uh, Well, it's internal to UK in as much as we can we can see that there's a real power base for this stuff in UK and we can see UK exporting it to other countries. There's a trail Mm -hmm. for that. Um, Is it actually a United Kingdom or is it the deep state inside the United Kingdom? And I would have to say, I think we're looking at the deep state inside the UK. So what is the power base? Right. Right. Said to me at one point, if I remember correctly, he's he said, "Do you think that the sort of the seat of the power is in UK?" And I I have to say that's the conclusion that I've come to. And and if you say, well, what is that seat of power? It's got to be uh, looking at who controls the the money centres, mm. because the money is the power of everything. How did we how did we get here? I think that we've got here because we're we're now seeing. A very long-term plan come to fruition and that plan that plan is for the control of mankind Um, so nation states uh, don't really count at all because the the mindset we're up against is after total control of everybody in whatever country they're in and um to get to the seat, you know, to get to the position where they can exert that sort of power, they've got to control people's minds. And so to me, it's logical that you're going to move into areas of mind control that you can unleash on millions of people. And and so I think that the propaganda war has become more sophisticated instead of it just being um, news bulletins and flags and Midnight cer- ceremonies, um, mm. as we might have seen in, in uh, Nazi Germany, uh, we're now faced with something much more subtle uh, in most cases, which can be put through news and media channels, which to m- most people will seem to be trustworthy, innocuous news, cha- news channels. But in fact, they're anything of the sort because they are using extremely sophisticated applied psychology. And uh, again, with UK, we've got one of the most powerful media organisations in the world, based in UK, the BBC, and the BBC is pumping this stuff out. And they're they're
1: certainly pushing a very specific kind of of narrative.
0: A very specific kind of narrative, because if if you analyse what the BBC is doing and has been doing now, for many years it's been attacking it's been attacking every tenet of our society so it's it's attacking the pillars of society it's been uh, undermining the public view in in our uh, political system in westminster it undermines the view of the status of our members of parliament but now we've got down to to the fact that it's uh, under, well, it has undermined relationships between men and women. And now we've got to the key stage where we're saying, well, men and women don't even exist anymore. And uh, one of the things that was pointed out to me today was that that uh, a particular uh, lady journalist, whose name escapes me now, but she was complaining that, that uh, essentially uh, there was a war on women and uh, she she was sort of shocked as to where it had come from but of course this is all part of the undermining of of uh, relationships and the family unit so that we're now teaching children that they don't even know whether somebody's a man or a woman i've got a quick question from hugo do you think brian
1: that those who use the applied psychology um, eventually come to manipulate themselves in the process
0: well that's that's a very good question i I would say I believe automatically that the other side is is being heavily manipulated, because the nature of the people we're up against is that they are power based, so everywhere that they are, there will be a power struggle going on, in my opinion, for who the most powerful is. It'll be we could imagine it maybe as a sort of mafia a series of mafia families. There's a struggle inside the family for who the most powerful figures are, and then there's going to be a struggle between the families as to who the most powerful people are. So I think the nature of the people we're up against is that they are very power-based, they're very aggressive, but also they lie. They will lie to us, they will lie to each other. So they live in a very fragmented society. From the very beginning, I've always tried to deal in factual information. And certainly with the UK column, uh, every time we're reporting, we're basing what we say on fact with documents or or reports. Um, and the other thing is that some of the criticism you've simply got to ignore because the people who levy the criticism against you are not capable of understanding or seeing what we see or you may see. And this is because their minds have been captured by the other side. They are incapable of thinking rationally about what's going on. I mean, a a very simple example at the moment is that around me are a lot of people who've been vaccinated. Mm. If I say to them, you've been vaccinated, what, what were you vaccinated with? They don't know. They can't mm. tell me what was in the vaccine. They do not know what they've allowed to go into their bodies. And then I have people coming to me who've had a vaccine and have suffered some form of adverse reaction that's produced a big change in them because they've had a jolt. Now they're interested in what's happened. But we, we are essentially dealing with a large percentage of the population who can no longer think they're mesmerized. They can only reply to you with sound bites that they've heard from the BBC, and I've experienced this with with friends, colleagues around me where I live, people who who've had a professional career, but when I've tried to talk to them about what's been happening with COVID, they can't give me a coherent response which has come out of their own their own mind. For, for example, with with um, Uh, I'll just call him a professional and a man with his wife who also had a a career as a professional person. And uh, this was about six months ago. And I said, uh, um, we were in troubled times and they said yes. And the lady said to me, uh, yeah, it's quite it's quite sort of scary what's happening with this coronavirus. And I said, yes. But the funny thing is that when I talk to nurses and doctors, they're saying that the hospitals are not busy. And she said, oh, yes, yes, they are. And I said, well, I'm talking to the doctors. I'm talking to consultants or nurses or, or uh, prof- other professionals inside the NHS. And they're saying to me, the hospitals are, are not busy. And these are people across the whole of UK. Oh, yes, but the hospitals are busy. They're, they're having a terrible time. So, what, what I witnessed was that this lady was giving me a reply, which is not coming from her own research, it's simply what she had heard on the BBC. Mm. And this is, this, is, this is how powerful the psychology is. So, the people we're up against want this as a weapon, because you can control hundreds of millions of people without even fighting a war. Who, who are these people that we're up against, Brian? My my simplest explanation is that uh, if if you look at what they do, they s- certainly don't love their fellow man and fellow woman. They hate mankind. Um, they are clearly very powerful and extremely rich, to the extent that they control the world's financial system. And I am a Christian. I consider myself a Christian. And therefore, I say that actually the people we're up against in their, um, their actions and deeds are satanic. Mm. Their, their intellect is, is satanic. We could end up with a discussion as to whether they consider themselves Luciferians or they're Satanists. But their overall gender is against mankind and they want to be in control and they'll do anything to get that position.
1: And it appears that everything that that those same people represent is um, against sort of natural order. It's against what would what we would consider to be a wholesome family unit, or what would we what we would consider to be a healthy lifestyle. You know, for example, let's look at COVID. Everything is based around. Um, uh, medicine and 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 injecting yourself. What what happened to spending time outside in the sun, walking the dogs on the beach, um, eating healthy, and going to the gym?
0: Yeah, well, what what happened is that virtually everything that you would consider a a good attribute to being a human being has been brushed aside. If people are sick. They should be cared for. We should be going to them. We should be trying to comfort them. We should be trying to heal them. If people are elderly or vulnerable, we should be looking after them. But Mm -hmm. what we see is the exact opposite happening. We see more and more that people who are weak and vulnerable and elderly are regarded as the useless eaters. And I'm going to use that expression deliberately because that's how hard it is so when when we've seen headlines in in the UK press talking about tens of thousands of elderly people dying in, unnecessarily in care homes because of government policy, we haven't had a huge outcry mm. from from our members of parliament, we haven't had an in, investigation those those people died, and in fact, I have good reason to say that the figure is hundreds of thousands, it's not tens of thousands. Mm. So we, we have a regime in power in UK, which is very happy for, we'll say, tens of thousands of elderly people to die, often in very horrible circumstances, because a lot of them were deliberately denied of food and liquids. And so they suffered particularly horrible deaths. And the government simply did nothing. It it showed the government as a political unit showed mm. no compassion whatsoever. Now the same government wants to get in to vaccinate our children, and it's indicating that if you as a parent are going to try and stop that happening, you're going to be regarded as some form of extremist.
1: I feel like a bit of an idiot for rooting for Boris Johnson.
0: Well, I, I wouldn't be too hard on yourself because I can look back albeit I'd say many years ago when I believed in elements of the system and it's it took me time to work my way through it to realise that, that Westminster itself is a pantomime you only get to become prime minister because a team of people have funded your leadership campaign within the party and the same people or many of the same people would have funded the party itself so you come to the point where you realize that the whole of the party system is is a play it's a charade oh in other words it's just theater it's theater yeah sure. and boris was perfect to play in that theater because he was a puppet he was a buffoon and if if you if you look at um uh, boris's sort of previous history you will find that that he's been involved in all sorts of dubious international business dealings and people who've been close to him said, uh, don't be fooled by Boris Johnson. He plays the buffoon. Mm. But actually, he's he's an extremely ruthless man. And I, I have no doubt that's the case or was the case. But you look at him now, Boris Johnson is, is just a controlled individual. It's yeah. clear that he, he just speaks the words that he's told to. So... What's happening is he being blackmailed? I would guess that's what's happening i I think that that Pavlov model is exactly right. We're the dogs and we're being treated to um, a number of different stimuli. so we're not being electrocuted but as the dogs were, but we're being given a stream of uh, of um, information and theater to consume and yeah, if we look back there have been many, uh, films that have come out about viruses, but we can go a step further because if we look for documentation, we can see a string of documentation that was talking about a coming pandemic. Now, some, of the, some of that has come out of um, um, Belinda and uh, sorry, uh, Bill Gates and mm. Melinda Gates's um, empire. Um, many people have been talking about the Spars document. SPARS 2025-28, from a position in the future, somebody looking back on a pandemic, well, if you go through that document and look at what's happening, somebody had a a really amazing ability to look into the future in 2021. Uh, But also in UK, we've got a series of documents that were issued by the UK government, um, which were all encouraging local authorities and the nhs to be preparing for a possible pandemic in the future and i i talked to uh right Rainer Fulmec about some some of these documents because you say if there's one document talking about the need to prepare for a possible pandemic in the future you say okay that's that's a possibility that's that was just done as a as a um, preventative uh bit of planning But if you get three documents that are talking about this coming pandemic and then the next minute a pandemic arrives along the exact lines, including it's come out of China, which was one of the forecast areas, uh, then you say, how can this be? Particularly if the opening or one of the opening paragraphs from the document says we can't actually predict that a pandemic uh, when a pandemic will appear. So the fact that you had three documents just in UK talking about a pandemic and then within two years that pandemic has arrived, my brain says this is not coincidence. There's a big trail of programming people by releasing information. Maybe it's film; it's a film, maybe it's a BBC docudrama that's coming in through that style media, but you can also do it by releasing documents into the you know the public uh, into the um local government we call it the lower levels of government in uk you you seed it with the type of document and reaction that you're going to want in the future but i mean brian isn't that
1: isn't that just too um over the top i mean it, that kind of planning seems seems immense i mean it's
0: it's it's almost it's almost brilliant. Well, credit <laughs> credit where it's due. Don't 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 ever think that the people we're up against are stupid. I think we're up against some of the most brilliant minds the world's ever seen. But the sad thing is that we're dealing with people who are, are malicious. We're dealing with people who are everything from um, psychopathic to sociopathic. Mm. But they're not stupid. They're not stupid. There's there there's the ability to plan. And, of course, they think in a different way to the average person because many of them are inter- interlinked with billions of dollars, yeah. maybe trillions of dollars. So, and, I mean, that that is pretty much
1: what the end goal is. It's power and money.
0: Power and money and shaping a world. Um, as they want it rather than how we would see it. And so do mm. I believe that these people see billions of people in the world as, as useless eaters, that there would be a better world if we could get rid of them? I think that's absolutely the case. I think, the, first of all, we've got to understand what the control is. That I believe that the level of control they're going to is total control. They will know everything about you, and when I say everything, one of the most dangerous areas that we're now seeing unfold from within the, the, the so-called pandemic and the vaccinations is uh, genome sequencing. Mm. So well, there is a billion dollar industry tied in with Bill Gates, but this is unfolding. And what are they doing? They are hoovering up data. So they want to know the individual makeup of each human being. They want to know your base codes. And so so. what is the control mechanism going to be? It's not going to be that you're not allowed to travel or something. Is that you won't breathe without the state, the system, knowing what it is and permitting you to do what it wants to do. Total and utter control. And the second thing that goes with it, I think there is no doubt they want to get rid of the useless eaters. And so... Uh, if people come to me and and want to talk about something like the Georgia Guidestones with an indication of 500 million as the world population, or you go and have a look at that very interesting website, uh, Deagle, um, you're talking about massive reductions in population. Now, I don't believe that uh, those are unrealistic, and I think that what is being unleashed leashed with the vaccination program is the ability to effectively cull a large portion of the population.
1: Hugo, um, who's in Paris, and he wants to know, Brian, do you think that eugenics was really discredited with the Holocaust, or did it reassert itself through these new types of ideologies, for example, climate change and transhumanism?
0: Yeah, you know, eugen- eugenics has, has never gone away, Is absolutely never gone away. And I've got to say, I think I'm correct in saying it's very interesting that Boris Johnson's father, I think, has written a book or a couple of books touching on the subject of eugenics. But eugenics um, got bad press under the Nazi regime. But where did it come from in the first place? It came out of the UK and the USA in particular. And when you know, even somebody like Winston Churchill, if you follow back through his history, has got a um he's got uh, links into the eugenics ideology, we'll say. I can't say he got directly involved in it, but certainly you can see the links alongside the apology. So is eugenics there? Absolutely. You know, this this is um this is the tough bit about the uh, about the battle. I, I believe that actually Once you start to relax and say to yourself, yep, I was fooled. I can look back in to my early life and what I believed. And yeah, I was certainly fooled in a number of areas for quite a long time. Now I'm seeing through it. I feel much more comfortable. Some of it is scary, but it's not something we can run away from. So personally, I find it better to understand what's going on. And, but to try and keep a balance about how you deal with it. And if we want to be upbeat, um, we were talking about what the other side is frightened of, and they're frightened of exposure. They're frightened of people who can see and understand what they're doing. But they're also frightened of people who are not frightened of them. If you are not scared of them, which is part of the key part of their agenda, you're actually doing a really good job. So, The more upbeat we stay, the happier we stay, uh, the stronger we are, the more we are causing trouble for for the other side. And so for me, a lot of it is to do something instead of watch it unfold as if you were watching a horror film. The moment you start to do something to stop it, you feel better.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if if, uh, you lose the war, you can win
0: battles. You can win battles, yeah. And at the end of the day, wars are won on a string of individual battles, aren't right. they? Wars, no matter how big, are ultimately won by how each soldier or each little group of soldiers fight their little battle in the trench. So are we are we in a battle for sovereignty, ultimately? Um Sovereignty, but for for me, you quickly go if you're looking at what we're really up against. This is a spiritual battle. I, what I what I will say on it is that as as I did my personal research and I'm digging into what we are up against and what it is doing. So, um, some of the darkest darkest stuff that I've I've come across and initially trying to help people who were caught up in the system was to do with the abuse of children. And when when you get into that arena and you start to understand what the state is doing, let's just qualify it for people who are listening. In UK, roughly 64,000, 65,000 children are supposedly in care of the government system. For them to be there, to have been taken away from their children, uh, sorry, for, for the children to be taken away from their parents, uh, the minimum cost of a court would be a quarter of a million pounds. So that's that's basic court hearings where you've got the legal team, you've got the barristers, you've got psychologists, you've got the local authority people. Add all those costs up, very rough estimate for a, uh, a simple court case which would have taken the child away from the parent, and put them into the government system is a quarter of a million pounds. If you multiply a quarter of a million pounds by 65,000 children, you're talking about a multi-billion pound industry just around children. Sure. And that's the stealing of the children. That's not using the children for um, porn films or whatever else they're going to do to make money out of those children or prostituting them. That's just the start So I'm going to say from my when I really came out of my cocoon of thinking what the world was like when I was a naval officer and I started to be with people who were telling me amazing and horrific things, I started to go into darker and darker areas of what was happening. You then say, well, what is the mentality of the people we're up against? And I came to the conclusion that whether we believed in it or not, the people we were up against believed in dark forces. And it was at that point that I started to really think very hard about what I knew the other side was. And uh, for me, it's very, very clear that we're in a spiritual battle. And many people who have been trying to expose what's been going on over many years, Christopher's story would be an example you find that in his very deep political analysis, he actually also got on to the subject of the spiritual battle. And he wrote a book, uh, which is about two inches, two and a half inches thick, called The New Underworld Order. It's a really fantastic book. But in that book, he, he in the, the later chapters, is very, very powerful on the fact that what we're up against is... Uh, dark malevolent spiritual forces so so rather than
1: a battle for sovereignty it's a battle between good and evil ultimately
0: it's a battle good and evil and it wants us and 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 every part of us if you want to say it wants our soul that mm. brings it into the right sort of focus and but, sorry please go on Well, I just wanted to say that having said that, Mm. for people who are feeling very nervous about the fact that a lot of things we talk about is very dark, Mm. this can take them into thinking that this is really unbelievably scary because now you're into the stuff that uh, the other side uses for some particularly unpleasant horror films. But I would say that once you get into the just the realisation that the thing is a spiritual battle then we can come to a position where we say, well, we're in a battle, but ultimately the battle isn't for us to fight as the general because somebody else is looking after it, and that person for me would be God. I don't think I could be doing what I am doing and have done it for so long if, if I was constantly looking over my shoulder thinking, you're up against this massive beast, immensely powerful, got all the money, got all the assets, then how would you fight? But what I've found is that when you you actually stand up to fight, some quite amazing things happen, and you suddenly find that there are things that are we can call them coincidences, but things happen, and you you start to get the view somebody's trying to help. And then you're in a better frame of mind because you're saying, well okay it's it's not just us on our own against this monster. There's somebody actually trying to help us, but if you, if you want another measure that the 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 battle has got another, we'll call it another dimension to it. Mm. Look at the massive attack on proper religions at the moment. Christianity is under an immense attack. They want Christianity destroyed, but they don't. They also don't want proper. Um, they, they don't want Islam to survive in a proper form. Mm. And part of my journey has been able that in the UK, I've been able to um, talk to people in the um, Muslim community uh, who tell me some very interesting things, one of which is that they're seeing a form of Islam being taught that they've never seen before. They will say, my dad or my grandfather is saying he's never seen this, this type of, uh, of Islam being taught in the mosques. And then you discover strange things that so the mosques that are being built are being built with money that's coming out of, uh, for example, um, UAE or Oman, and the money comes in. And when the money comes in for the new mosque, uh, in comes a new imam with it, and the imam brings the new style of uh, Islam. So e- even even with within the Muslim community in UK, and a lot of people find talking about this very emotive and very difficult but we can say that we're seeing a twisting and attacking of the religion but do you not think that that we we are just not wanting to accept change are we not just old farts uh, well I'm, I'm going to say I, I might come into the old fart category, <laughs> category but I don't <laughs> think you are I think you've got a way to go yet Um <laughs> What's interesting about the change is that we have, let's say, over the last 10 years in politics around the world, we have seen politicians talking about change, but they never actually say what the change is. They never say we are here in this position and we're going to change it to a new position. They simply call for the change without defining the change. Obama was very good at this, but actually so was Tony Blair and and David Cameron. They're constantly saying that we we are for change, but they don't actually tell you what the change is. And the reason they don't tell you what the change is, is because if you knew, you wouldn't vote for it. But we are now at a stage where things have changed so much that we can't say that a woman is a woman and a man is a man. We can't even say that a woman becomes a mother who breastfeeds the children because now mm. we're being told that politically you don't breastfeed, you Correct. chest feed. You chest feed, yes. Now, this is the change. Now we're into where the change is really taking us. And of course, uh, we can also see that other sectors of society have been played. So, first of all, women were attacked with the idea of feminism, the idea that that women were oppressed and the feminist movement was going to stand up for the women. Uh, Then we ended up with the fact that gay men are oppressed and we're going to stand up for gay men. Now, those groups have been turned on each other. So we can see that the gay agenda is being used to oppress the feminist female agenda. Now, UK column has not run into any problems talking about this because part of our message is if you're gay and you think the future is going to be gay, it's not. The future is going to be changed so that we are into transhumanism. The people who are constructing the changed society, they don't want men or women of any form. They don't want gay people because where they're heading is the fact that you are going to be into changed engineered human beings, transhuman uh, human beings. And that is one of the reasons that I link in with the fact that it's very important to understand the genomic sequencing, which we are seeing coming through the pandemic and the vaccination program. Yeah. And so, I, mean,
1: I mean, that is one of the big goals is actually the vaccination.
0: Yeah, because well, now they are into the yeah, we'll call it a therapy. Mm. They're into the use of science, and we can say, yep, they're very clever people, but now they're into actually changing the fundamental building blocks of people's bodies. And they, they are dealing with information where they are boasting, and UK is lead in this field. There's no doubt about this. When, when Cameron and Matt Hancock are saying that the UK is going to be a world lead... In in uh, the vaccination and and uh, in fact gene therapy, they mean it. So, the change that's coming is that we are not going to exist in the normal form of a human being, a man, a woman, a family unit, a child, because these people, in their wisdom, uh, are going to re-engineer us into new new beings. And then we have to ask some questions if 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 these highly intelligent individuals are going to do this, what are their values? What's their morality?
1: Hugo in uh, Paris again, he says, yeah, uh, Christianity is being replaced with the green religion, the dominant ideology among the ruling classes that loves nature and hates humans.
0: Well, that's absolutely correct. That's absolutely correct. And the bit I'd add to it is that I think it's clear that when you see them talking about reducing the carbon footprint, that's us. Oh, we, wow. we, we are the carbon. We are my, the footprint.
1: The hair in my arms stood up now as you said that.
0: <laughs> well, it's it was a little one that was, you know, given to me some time ago, and I probably had about the same reaction. You know, they're calling it a carbon footprint for a reason. And the deal is they're going to remove. We've just had the uh, the new Bank of England governor, I keep wanting to say Mark Carney, because uh, I can't remember the new man's name, but he said very clearly, and Mike Robinson from the UK columns highlighted this, that he's said publicly several times that if if small businesses do not adapt to their plans for the new green agenda, those businesses are going to be punished that was the word he used punished the banks were saying that if you didn't follow their green agenda that you're going to be punished you would go out of business I, I think all the political leaders are pawns because you see them the people who've got the real power we don't see a lot of people get very excited at bill gates or rockefeller or the rothschilds often come up but i i think these are not the seat of power because you can see them. The people who hold the real power essentially are still invisible. They're there, but we don't know who they are. Sure. That's, that's, that's a personal analysis, but that's how I see it. So we, we've, got, we've got a pecking order with who controls power in the world. You can point a finger at the Bank of International Settlements and you say the Board of Directors of the Bank of International Settlements control all the other banks. Uh, who controls them? Well, certainly Rothschild, Rockefeller money will be in there somewhere, but that's only part of it. So at the moment, we, we've still got a power base that we can't see. But you can be pretty sure that it's controlling money because that's how countries, re- political regimes, political parties are bought and controlled via <sighs> via the money power. What I recommend is that each person has got to do something on a daily basis. So they might they might take up the protest because they got children at school and they're going to challenge the school on something They're going to challenge other people they speak to. They're going to send an email. They're going to write a letter. Um, They're going to form a group. They're going to comfort and support somebody else who's finding it tough. I believe that the, the real strength we've got, of course, is our numbers as the world population. And if we can get each individual just to do one or two very simple things a day, that is a vast power base. But, but we see still too often that people will log well, people will be watching the U.K. column, they're now understanding things, but they don't actually do anything. Sometimes they don't even pass the information on. And that's, that's really annoying, because you say, "We've given you all this research. Do something with it, Share it, pass it on." So somebody came out with a little uh, little phrase, and I think it's very true: "Action conquers fear." If people are getting a little bit scared by what they see, just do something to fight back and you'll feel a lot better. But ultimately, if we had millions of people Mm -hmm. doing a few things a day, challenging the system, saying no, forming a group, supporting people who are down, we would be starting to win. But actually, I think we are starting to win because I, I think if you look around at the moment, there's some serious cracks in the system. You know, British government's just voted in 1.6 billion for more media capacity. Well, we've already got the BBC on 5 billion. If they need another 1.6 billion, it's because they're worried that too many people on social media are seeing through it. So I think the bad guys are very worried at the moment. And that's why they're rushing vaccination and the pandemics. And the more people who stand up and challenge and say, "We can see what you're doing," the worse it's going to get for them. And but I mean, last—I was going to say—and if last, it weren't if it were for this this uh, this COVID
1: vaccination pandemic story, you and I wouldn't be chatting right now.
0: Well, that's that's absolutely true. But I mean, I've been on an amazing journey over nearly twenty years. People I've come into contact with, the information I've been given. That's that's been all part of the battle as well. But I'm going to end and say that people can mock it, the idea of uh, it being a spiritual battle, but if you come to the conclusion there's some sense into this, then you should be praying because prayer has an inherent power. And if we had enough people praying, um, this would make a big difference. Uh, We'd have to have a conversation on how the mind of the dark side works to understand why this is why this works. but is there a power in prayer? Absolutely. and this is why governments want to stamp out anything to do with spiritual awareness.
1: In front of you, there is a crystal ball. Tell me what you see.
0: Uh, I'm going to say, unfortunately, I think I see things getting worse and they have to get worse because the other side is rushing but the the uh, plus of of things getting worse is that more people are going to wake up so the situation is going to deteriorate further we're going to see a lot more um draconian laws coming in we're going to see people unfortunately in the wrong place brutalized by the police because this is a vicious state Mm. Um, but as this happens, more people are going to wake up. And it's how we react as human beings. If under that pressure, we stand together, we help other people, we look after the weak, we've got to look after our families and children, we are going to grow out of that pressure. Look at it as how did, how do the best troops get trained? They don't sit them down in a nice classroom and talk to them nicely. They mm. get sent out on some grueling testing trial that strengthens them and i think that that's partly what's happening to us so it's not being frightened of of the battle it's it's starting to um have that internal courage to stand up and fight it i got to say great team that we've got at uk column because of course it isn't just me mm. mike robinson and david scott and a, and a whole host of people helping us so i want i want to recognize those people But just tease, should we tease uh, maybe a few people in your audience? If you're there on social media and you're just using a cover name, I'd say stand up and be counted. I show my face, I show my image, I use my real name. And uh, if you're there on social media using a meme to hide who you are, then you are not doing what's necessary to fight because you need to stand up and be counted as a human being. Brian, Thank you for your time. Pleasure.
1: Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportjerm.com.